The Journey by Erica Robert. Acknowledgement from the author. Special thanks to my business partner and friend, Yvonne Wilcox. She has always been that support system and the person that has always believed in Erica. She would always say, you're a very talented person. And I would tell her, no, you're just saying that. This book would not have been possible without her support. Many thanks to my family, Marie, my mother, who never thought I would be this far in life. Money, my brother, who always believed in me. Maxie Jr., rest in heaven, my dad, who always said I was a clown. Without them, not sure where Erica would be in life. Acknowledgement from the author. Special thanks to my business partner and friend, Yvonne Wilcox. She has always been that support system and the person that has always believed in Erica. She would always say, you're a very talented person. And I would tell her, no, you're just saying that. This book would not have been possible without her support. Many thanks to my family, Marie, my mother, who never thought I would be this far in life. Money, my brother, who always believed in me. Maxie Jr., rest in heaven, my dad, who always said I was a clown. Without them, not sure where Erica would be in life. The Journey by Erica Roberts. My name is Erica, a.k.a. Baby Boosie, a.k.a. Miss E. My journey of life started on June 16th to my lovely parents, Edna and the late Maxie. I was born in New Orleans, Louisiana at Charity Hospital. I have a brother named Money who I love so much. My brother and I are 12 years apart. I was raised in a desire project. My mother was a stay-at-home mother, and she played bingo too. My dad was in the Army and earned several medals. He worked two jobs to take care of the family. I was diagnosed with asthma at a young age of six months. I can remember my mom and dad bringing me to the hospital, and we were set for hours because they did not know what medicines to give me for my asthma. The doctor gave me medicine for my age and not my weight because I was a fat kid growing up. One day I was having an asthma attack, and my mom and dad rushed me to the hospital one doctor on duty that night knew how to treat asthma patients. He started by examining me and checking me. He discovered the previous doctor had given me medicine for my age. So he gave me one dose of medicine and seen that I was still having a hard time breathing. He did a, a blood gas to measure the amount of oxygen in my blood, and he seen if the medicine was working for me. The next thing he did was weigh me. Then he gave me medicine for my weight. He noticed that my breathing started to get under control. He admitted me into the hospital to evaluate my case. After a few days in the hospital, he released me home with an asthma machine and other medicines. He put me into his clinic so that he could continue to treat me. As time went by, my asthma was under control to a point where I could return to school. Starting school for me was not easy because I was not able to play much and run and jump around with the other kids because of my asthma. 
the doctor told my my parents that I had to take it easy. I was on the playground with other kids, but was not able to do much because I would get tired out fast. With the new doctor treating me for my asthma and my mama doing her part at home, like making sure I was on the asthma machine twice a day and keeping up with my meds, things began to work out for me. My, my visits to the emergency room was filled. I was in the fourth grade when I had a really bad asthma attack, and the school had to rush me to the hospital because I was not getting any air. The school had to call my mom to meet us at the hospital. We made it to the hospital, and things turned for the worse. I stopped breathing on my mom. The doctors admit me into the hospital for a long period of time because they needed to figure out what happened. That mean I was out of school. My dad would go to the school and get my schoolwork so that I can try to keep up with my schoolwork as best as possible. Having to miss school created some setbacks in my life. One of the big setbacks I faced was not knowing how to read. A fourth grade teacher found out I was not reading on my grade level at all. She found out that I was remembering everything she was teaching in class. Remembering things was a way I was able to get by in school until my teacher found out what I was doing. Guess what? She told my mother, Marie, my teacher put me into a special program for students who had a hard time reading. The reason I was not able to read or comprehend what I was reading was because the lack of oxygen to my brain when I stopped breathing from an asthma attack. The reading program helped me sound out words and form complete sentence so that I can understand what I was reading. The teacher gave me books to take home and read to help me. At times, I will avoid reading in class because I read slow could not pronounce words, etc. It was so hard because other students in the class would make fun of me and talk about me too. I was in a reading program until the sixth grade. Once I started high school, my mother felt like I still needed the reading program, so she asked the school to put me into the reading program in high school. It was hard to explain to people why I was in the reading program because they thought I was a dummy. The first year of high school was hard because I knew there would be times I had to read in front of the class, advanced schoolwork, etc. The scare, that scared the shit out of me because I know people would look at me different too. I knew I had to work hard in school and still go to the reading program after school. My hard work paid off slow, but I was making progress. I was in the 10th grade when I noticed the progress in my reading. I was in a science class when a teacher asked me to read something out of the book. I was afraid, but I knew I had to do it. I got up in front of the class and read the paragraph the teacher assigned to me. I felt so good. I read the paragraph and did not need help with it. After class, I went to the payphone to call my mom at home and told her I read a whole paragraph without help. She was so happy for me. 
the little paragraphs made me want to work harder because I know if I could do that one paragraph, I could do more. Yes, I was still in a reading program in the 10th grade. I told my tutor who was helping me about what happened in class that day. She was so excited for me. With all of my hard work in the 10th grade, yeah, I finished with a 2.0 group GPA average. The whole summer, I would work on my reading with my tutor. I read more books, magazines, etc. By the time the 11th grade started, I was doing well with my reading. I know the year was going to be hard because my assignment was going to be harder, but I still had faith in myself. Every day I would read a chapter in a book to help me out and go to reading program with my tutor. Before all of that, I thought my reading would never get better. Maybe because I never gave up on myself, even when people would say things to hurt my feelings. They would say things like, Erica, you are in the 11th grade, get it together, and Erica, you can do it. It was so funny that boys would still talk with me because they did not know about my reading problem. I met this one boy who lived in a project with me. We started talking. My mama did not know because I was not allowed to date until I was 17 years old. We talked every day at school, so I figured he liked me as a girlfriend. So I just went with the flow. One day at school, he asked if I wanted to go to his house after school. I told him no because I had something to do. But I did not tell him about the reading program. He said, okay, we could go another day. After I finished with my tutor, I headed home. I seen him standing by the store. He called me over and we just talked for a few. The next morning on my way to school, he was at the store with breakfast for a little old me, which I thought that was nice of him. He gave me a hug and things. We walked to school together. Everyone knew we was together except for my family because he was older than me. Before class, he asked if I wanted to go to his house during lunch. I said, okay. So he was like, meet me by the gate in front of the school. And I said, okay. I was a little scared, but I was like, shit, nothing will happen. We met at the front gate as planned, and he was sitting in his car waiting on me. Yes, he had a car. I got into the car, and we talked about everything under the sun. We made it to his place, which was his mom's place. Laugh out loud. He asked if I wanted some water or juice. You know me. I said, no, thank you. He said, let's go in my room and chill. We sat on the bed laughing and talking, and he put his hands on my leg, and shit happened. After we finished, he said it's, it was time to go back to school, so we got into the car. All I can do was think about what just happened to me, but in so many ways, that shit was good. I made it back to school in time for my last class, and I just sat in class thinking about the shit. In my mind, it was like, girl, you lost your virginity at the age of 16 years old, which was crazy. After school, I walked home by myself because he left school early. I'm not sure why he left, but he did. I just act like nothing happened. I stopped by my aunt's house to see what she had cooked for us. She would always cook for me 
when I get home from school. I sat on the porch with my auntie until my brother got home. My brother would make sure I have some dinner if I hadn't ate at my aunt's house and make sure I had my homework done before my mom get home from bingo with her friends. At time, my brother would not want to watch me because I did not listen to him. I remember one time my mom and dad went to night bingo and my mama told my brother to watch me so he set me on the sofa and turned on the TV. I asked him to change the channel and he told me no watch what was on the TV at the time. So I got off the sofa and started pushing all the buttons on the TV and the TV stopped talking. I called money in the living room and told him I could not hear the TV. And he was like, fat, what you did to the TV? And I told him nothing. It just stopped talking. Money was like, fat, come show me what you did to the TV. And I told him, I did not touch the TV. He said, you know mama going to whoop your ass from touching her floor model TV. And I said, no, she's going to be mad at you because you should have been watching me and not having all them boys in her house. So he worked until he had the TV back talking again. He told me not to tell mama and I told him okay. But I lied because as soon as my mama walked in the door, I told her, I must say, my brother and I had some good times together, even though we was 12 years apart. The next day, I was on my way to school, and I stopped at the store looking for old boy, and he was not out there. I did not know why, but I hated to school. I noticed everyone was looking at me funny, but I did not think anything of it. I went to my first period class and some girls in the class were looking at me and talking. Still nobody saying nothing until one of the girls in the class told me about what happened between me and old boy. All I could do is cry because if she knew about it, everyone at the school did. At lunchtime, my cousin seen me in the cafe getting some lunch. He was very upset and yelling at me because he heard about it too, which means everyone in the project knew all about it. I looked for him the whole day at school, but could not find him. After school, I went home and did not stop to talk with nobody. I made it home to find my mom and my auntie sitting on the step waiting on me because someone told them what happened. We all went inside my aunt's house. My mother asked me was it true about what she had heard about me, and I told her yes, it was true. She was very upset with me because I did not have to do that. My auntie hit me in the face, which I felt was wrong, and my mama didn't say shit about it. I did not talk with my mama at all because I felt like me, my mom, and my dad should have talked about what happened and not involve my aunt at all. I guess my mama felt she could have handled it herself like everything else she do. My dad sat me down and we talked about what happened, but I know he was very upset with me too. 
at the end of the day, I was upset with myself because everybody did not have to know what happened with me and old boy. But that is how he handled things. My mom and my dad took away after school activity. I had to come home after school. The only thing I could do was go to tutor for my reading. No phone, and I could not do anything over the weekend but stay inside. The next day at school, nobody would talk to me, just look at me. He was at school that day, and he asked me to meet him by the gym to talk about what happened. Yes, I met him by the gym. We talked about how our business was all around the project, and I was so upset with him. He said he did not tell anybody, but that was a lie. I told him that we could not see each other anymore. I guess he was cool with that. As the end of the school year was nearing, things for me was okay. But I was able to finish out the year with a GPA average of 2.75, which was good. And my reading was great too. During the summer, we packed our house up to move out of the desired project to the Iberville project, which would give me a new start on life in my 12th grade year. I was so ready for the new beginning in my life. During the move, I had to go to summer school for the leap test because I missed it by one point. Yeah, hell yes, one point, but it was all good. My aunt was still living in a desired project, so I stopped by to see her every day to see what was going on. But I really did not want to because of what she did to me. On the last day of summer school, I was walking by my auntie house. I met this guy who was sitting on the porch by his stepmother's house. He said hello to me, and I said hello back. He asked me my name, so I told him, and he told me his name. We talked long enough to exchange numbers. He said he would call me, but he did not call that day. I was like, it was okay because I was still had some feelings about my past situation. I know things will get better, but I had to worry about last year of school. One day I received a call from the boy who I met. He was like, what's up, baby? And I was like, I'm good. What happened to you? I hadn't heard from you in a days, and you just figured you would call. He was like, I'm sorry for not calling, but I had something going on at the time, and I like, cool. That I told him I did not want to go back to the desired project because things was bad for me, and I would not want to relive it because I wanted to focus on the future and not want fake-ass people in my face after talking about me. He was like, cool, let's just focus on us. School started in August. Me and boyfriend number two was still going strong. He would meet me on Canal Street and we would go to McDonald's and talk about everything. He always made me smile. After I would walk with him to the bus stop where we waited. Things was going good with me and boyfriend number two. I found out boyfriend number two was living with his mom because she was sick. He worked at Bull Brothers and had one son. The funny thing was I was able to meet with his baby mama and we had a good talk. He did not hide anything from me, which made me feel good about him. He he was everything I was looking for in a man. Four months into the relationship, 
He asked me when he would get a chance to meet my parents. I was very worried about that because of the bad experience in the past. My parents knew I was talking to him. I told him I would make something happen soon so that he could meet my mom and dad. The following day, he met me at school. I was in a CEO program, so I got out of school early, around 12.30. We walked to the pharmacy where my dad worked. I introduced boyfriend number two to my dad, which was good because my dad is fun to be around. My dad asked him how he feel about me, and he said he cared about me and would not let anything happen to me. My dad said, okay. So we left the store and went to the bus stop and he rode with me to Canal Street. We talked about him meeting my dad for the first time and he said, I think Pop's cool. And we both just started laughing. He asked me how things was going in school because I told him about having problems with my reading. And he was very supportive of me. Boyfriend number two set a new tone in my life. What I mean is that he showed me how to care about someone and respect me on all levels. He did not talk about our business to anybody. I felt like the relationship was moving to something more than just a boyfriend-girlfriend type of thing. I did not know what a real relationship was until I met him. Maybe because he was eight years older than me, which made a difference because boyfriend number one was a high school thing. <laughs> One Friday, boyfriend number two did not meet up with me after school because he had to work late, which was normal for him on Friday. He would always call me once he make it home from work. Yes, he did that day. We talked on the phone. He asked me, how was my day? I told him it was good because I started working as a part of the CEO program at school. He was happy for me because he was giving me money every week for school. He got off the phone to take a bath, and he said he would call me back. I went in my mind room to talk with her because she was playing a game on the computer. She was waiting on my dad to come home from work, but he was not coming right home because he had to stop by Green Store to do some work there. Yes, my dad had two jobs. I asked my mom what's for dinner because she did not cook that day. She looked at me and told me it was Friday and I was on my own. So I walked to the corner store to get a sandwich and drink. I made it back from the store and my mom was sitting on the sofa watching TV. I asked her if she wanted some of my sandwich and she said no. We were sitting on the sofa and a knock came on the door. We did not know people around there because we had just moved in the basin coat. My mom got up and answered the door. To my surprise, it was boyfriend number two at the door. I did not know what to do because I did not know how he found out where I lived because I never told him. He looked at me like, you were just going to sit there? My mom was like, Erica, you know him? I said yes with a big smile on my face. So she told him to come in. I was like, Ma, this is boyfriend number two. And she was looking at him all funny because he had gold teeth and was handsome too. He gave me a hug and Marie too. I did not know how to feel with him just coming to my house because I had not told him where I live. I think that was the moment he stole my heart and I really felt the love from him. 
He told me he loved me, but that day he showed me. We sat down and talked about everything, and I felt like life finally was changing for me in the right direction. After he stayed with me and my mom, I walked him to the bus stop, and we talked about the day. I asked him how he found out where I lived, and he said one of the ladies in the coatway showed him. He said he was afraid because he did not know what I was going to say or do. He said he was happy to make the move to come see me, and I was happy he did. He was like, now are we officially in a relationship? Are you my girl? And I was like, yes, yes, yes. He said it was time for me to meet his mom too. I told him I was scared because I was younger than him and I did not want anyone to judge me. He was like, you'll be fine. His bus pulled up and he gave me a kiss and said, I will call you when I make it home, babe. I was smiling ear to ear on my way back home. I asked Marie what she thought of him and she was like, he's a good man caring and nice my mama did not say much at all she looked at how you treat people boyfriend number two was everything for me the next day he called me to see if i wanted to go on a date with him and i said yes love he said i booked us a ride on a cajun queen boat and lunch too he wanted me to meet him by the rubber wall i had never been on a cajun queen boat it was everything that i could imagine the day was great with him he asked me if i would marry him in the future I was like yes I would and he started laughing at me he took me shopping after the boat ride we went back to my house to chill and watch TV and eat ice cream prime time was the next month that was a big thing for me because I was a senior in school and it was very important that I have a date I called boyfriend number two on the phone to see if he wanted to go to the prom with me and he said yes but first, he needed to attend the ring ceremony with me at school. He was cool with that. Maybe two weeks after the ring ceremony at the school, he went to jail on old charges, and he had to spend two weeks in jail. That was hard for our relationship because I was used to seeing him and talking to him every day. But we made it through the time he was away from me. Right after he come home from jail I met his mom for the first time it did not go well at all because she felt like I was a young girl trying to come up on him because he had money and a job I only went by his house on holidays Mother's Day was right before prime so I purchased her something for Mother's Day yes I know she did not like me but I didn't Boyfriend number two bought me a dress for prom, which was good. My prom day was great with him. We went out to eat and went to the French quarters and had some drinks at my brother's job. The night ended on a great note. He made sure I got home safe. The next big event of my life was graduation, May 29, 2000. I was so happy to see that day because all of the things I faced in school life not knowing how to read on my level and losing my virginity at 16 to a boy who took advantage of me. On the flip side, I met boyfriend number two who treated me like I should be treated, showed me love, cared about how I feel, and made me happy. The next month was my birthday. 
and he asked me what I wanted to do for my birthday. I had no idea what I wanted to do. The day of my birthday, boyfriend number two rented a car. We went out to dinner, moving, and he rented a hotel room for us. The night was so good. I thought I was on cloud nine. Everything was great for little old me. He took me back home the next day because he had to bring the car back and he had to go to work too. Three weeks after my birthday, I noticed something was changing with my body. I was feeling sick and had these headaches to the point I could not see. But I just shook it off like nothing. A few days later, I had to go to the hospital. I was experiencing abdominal pain and bleeding. My mother took me to the hospital. The nurse checked me in so that I can see the doctor. She gave me a cup to urinate in. My crazy ass was like, I did not need a pregnancy test. She said, okay, just give me some pee. I went to the bathroom to get her some urine. And she looked at me and said, what was that you said before you went to get this pee? I looked at her like, what? <laughs> the nurse said, you're pregnant. I was like, what? I know you fucking lying to me. I was so afraid at that point because I knew my life was about to change for real. She asked my mama to wait in the waiting room until the doctor come to check me out. I asked the nurse for a phone so that I can call my boyfriend. And she said, okay. I called boyfriend number two yelling on the phone at him about being pregnant. He was like, babe, calm down. Everything will be fine. He made his way to the hospital and asked to see me. But my mom did not know what was going on. He come in the room with a big big ass smile on his face like I'm going to be a daddy again the nurse said yes by the time the doctor come into the room to examine me but I was still bleeding heavy all of the smile came to an end because the doctor said it looked like you are having a miscarriage I was like what what do you mean doctor I did not know what to think about what was going on at the time all I could do was cry the whole time. Boyfriend number two walked out of the room. The nurse was still in the room with me. She sat on the bed talking to me. I was like, what am I going to tell my mom and dad? She said, it is up to you on how to deal with things. But I need to make sure you are in a good place with this miscarriage. Later, my mom will come to check on me. And I made the decision not to tell her about the whole baby thing. I just told her it was my cycle, and the doctor just charged me to go home with a prescription and told me to get some rest. Boyfriend number two left the hospital and went home. I guess it was a lie for him, too. I called him once I made it home from the hospital around 2 in the morning. He was like, are you okay? I said yes. I told him he needed to come by the house early in the morning so he could go to Walgreens and put my prescription in. He said, okay, and that he loved me too. I got up that morning looking for him. I called his house and his mom said he was not home. Around 9 o'clock, there was a knock on the door. So I eased myself out of the bed, and it was him. I went off on him because I told him early, like 8 o'clock, not 9. He said I was here around 7, but your dad answered the door and told me my baby just come home from the hospital and was asleep go and come back later i looked at him and said you lying on my dad 
but come on, we need to go to Walgreens. He's he stared by the house the whole day. He cooked some food for us too. The next month in July 2000, I registered for college. That was going to be a big step in my life, but I was ready to do it with the support of my boyfriend. Once school started for me, it took a lot of my time away from my boyfriend because things in college were a big different than high school. In college, the teacher was, was there the first day, but you were on your own with your assignments, and assignments has to be due and on time. No bullshit. For me, it was hard because I still had a hard time with understanding the work along with my reading, too. I signed up to have a tutor just to make sure I was going in the right direction. I was not afraid of asking for help. I knew it was going to be hard my first year of college, but I was up for the challenge. Boyfriend number two understood what was going on, so we had to spend time together on the weekend. I had a job on the school campus. It was easy for me to go to class and work. During the school year, I balanced school, work, and my relationship. It was hard, but I made it through. On Saturdays, we take a walk down Canal Street just to spend time together, and we ran into boyfriend number one from high school. My final grade point average for my first year of college was 2.75. During my third year in college, in the summer session, my cycle was normally late because I never had a normal cycle. I noticed I was tired just walking from one building to another one. I figured it was because it was hot and the campus was a new world opening around me. The fifth day passed and my cycle was still down. When I looked, it was a month that my cycle was down and it was heavy flu. I made an appointment to see the GYN because it was not normal for my cycle to be down a month. They made me an appointment for the next date, but it was in the evening time. I hate evening appointments, but I needed to see what was going on with me. The next morning, we got up and my cycle was still down, but... I was not feeling so good. I stayed home from school. I did not want to stay home, but I knew I had to. I went to my doctor's appointment later that day. The doctor brought me into the room so that she could examine me. She sent me to do lab work, but it was late and the lab was closed for the day. I had to get up early the next morning. I was weak, walking slow and tired. They did my blood work and sent me home. I called the cab to go home. I was not inside for an hour. The hospital called and asked Marie, where is Erica? I heard her say she's laying on the sofa. The doctor on the phone asked Marie, are you sure she's still alive? Marie was yelling in the house calling me. He asked Marie, would you like for me to send an ambulance for her or do you have a way to get her to the hospital? My brother walked in the door, and Marie told the doctor that her brother was going to bring her to the hospital. My mama had to explain to Money what was going on with me. We all got in the car. My mom called my dad once we made it to the hospital. The doctor was sitting in the waiting room for me. I was so scared because I did not know what was going on or what they was going to do to me. 
The nurse started an IV in my arm so I can get some fluids. The doctor come into the room to check me out and explain to me what was going on. My blood count was 2.0, very low, so I had to have a blood transfusion and I needed two bags of blood. Nobody was allowed into the room with me but my mom and dad. My mama's legs were so swollen, the doctor told her to go home or get in the bed next to me. Guess what? Marie left my ass in the hospital. I asked the nurse for a phone so that I can call boyfriend number two to let him know I was in the hospital. That night, he made it to the hospital to check on me, and he stayed all night with me until the, they moved me upstairs. Boyfriend number two left the hospital that morning because he had to go to work. A friend come to visit me in the hospital too. I stayed in the hospital for a few days until they stopped me from bleeding. I had to take several different tests to find out why I was bleeding like that. After all of the tests they did, there were no sign of why I was bleeding like that. So the doctor started me on Depo-Provera shot. I hated the shot because some of my hair started to fall out. I gained weight. Taking the shot was the only way to control my cycle so that it would not come down for a month. My hell was back on track, but my relationship with boyfriend number two was changing a lot right before I graduated from college in 2004. We had been together for four years. I think maybe because I was getting older and wanting more for myself, and he just wanted everything to stay the same. With all of that going on with me and boyfriend number two, I had a friend I was talking to. He understand me when I say I wanted more in my life. I told him about boyfriend number two, and he was cool with it. We will go out to movies and dinner. Boyfriend number two and I were still doing the normal things in our relationship. He was living with his mom, working, and coming by the house on the weekend. I was working, going to school, and living with my parents, too. We never talked about living together at all because I felt like I was still too young for that. Our situation was working for us, and there was no need to change anything at all. In 2005, Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans, and things for us went down the drain. Boyfriend number two was living in the night walk where a lot of the houses was underwater. I had no way of reaching out to him to see where he was. I was living in an island there, and we had two floors to our property. So my family was in the house without lights, and it was hot too. We had some food because we had just gone to the store the week before the storm hit. We stayed in our apartment maybe two days until they told us we had to leave because the plumbing system stopped working. My family and I went to the convention center. It was so bad out there. People was crying because they could not find their family members. There were no food. Babies was crying because it was hot outside. And the hardest part for me was my auntie was blind. She was crying and holding on to Marie because she felt like she was holding us up from doing things. But in reality, we couldn't do shit anyway. I had not slept in three days. So my dad and I laid in the grass that night and we went to sleep like we was in a king-size bed. I know I had to get some type of sleep because I had to be strong 
to take care of my family. My brother was in jail at the time. We had no way of knowing where he was. So I had to get it together and focus. The next day, my cousin went walking across the Mississippi River by my uncle house to see if they left a car, but they turned them around. One of my little cousins had a car, so he gave my older cousin a car to get my auntie who was blind and the kids out of New Orleans. We stayed by the convention center a few days later. Buses showed up to get people out. The people told us to get on the bus, but they was not sure where they was going to take us, but we was leaving New Orleans. Once we were on the bus, the driver had water and food for us. He told us we was just going to ride until they tell him where to go. We did not care because everyone was so tired, hungry, needed a bath, etc. We rode about five hours and they called the driver and told him to bring us to Arkansas. My daddy was like, Arkansas? Okay. We got to Arkansas on a army base where we were able to take a shower, have hot food, cold water, etc. They had some church people coming to the army base to pick our families to give them some place to stay. For maybe two hours, my daddy, my mama, and I were there. A church family picked us to come to their camp so that we could have some place to stay until we were able to get a real place. I was like, yes, we going. But my dad was just looking. We got into the van and I was sitting in the back all by myself just thinking about how my life had changed and I had no part of it. I just broke down and started crying because I did not know what was going on, what to do, and what was going to happen to us. I prayed and asked God to help me understand what was going on. We made it to the campground, which was not bad at all. They had a gym where you went to check in with a doctor if you got any kind of government benefits, and they helped you find your family members at the gym. Another building had all of the hygiene products, so my family asked me to get everything we need, like soap, toothpaste, and toothbrush, and bath towels, etc. They had a cafe where they served breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snack. They had a building where we could go and read, play games, etc. I called them dorm rooms where maybe two families could live. The dorm room we were in had a family in there. They were nice people. The funny thing about leaving New Orleans was I had a chance to meet so many people I had never seen in my own city, which was crazy. You know how big Mardi Gras in New Orleans is, and I had never seen them at Mardi Gras. It was a natural disaster that hit the city, but it was a way to see people you never seen from the city. I went back to the gym so that I could get them to help me find my brother because the jail did not tell us where he was and I tried to find boyfriend number two. Once we made it to Arkansas, my phone started back working and I had a lot of voicemails from my family, my main friend, and my job, but still no sign of boyfriend number two. I called my main friend back to let him know we were good and where we were at at the time. He was in New York, yes. New Orleans people was all over. 
he was like, he was happy to hear my verse on to know we were good. He asked me if I heard from boyfriend number two. And I was like, no. He told me to keep looking for him. I talked to my aunt who was blind. She was in Texas. My brother Kills was in Atlanta. On the second day, I received a call from my brother because I left my number with DOC to give to him. We was on the phone for hours, crying and talking. He was watching the news and seen 90% of the city underwater, and he had not heard from the kids. But I was told that everybody was good in Atlanta. My brother talked to my mom and dad to make sure they were good. It felt so good to hear from my brother because I did not want to lose my brother at all. We are 12 years apart, but we still have a bond as brother and sister. He was in jail in Florida, but he said things was good, and he cut all his hair off because he was worrying about his family. I found my brother, so for the next six months, I looked for boyfriend number two. No signs of him, but I found his dad. His dad had no idea where he was. We exchanged numbers, so if he heard anything, he would call me. Still, no answer from boyfriend number two. So I gave up on looking for him. I was afraid to know if he died or anything. I had to move on with my new life, which wasn't bad at all. One of the girls at the church and I would do things together, like go shopping, moving, crafting, and church events. I started working with a group that was feeding the neighborhood kids. Some of the kids had a hard life, and nobody cared about them. One of the kids would eat so much of pizza and chicken until his stomach started hurting. The reason why was because he had not eaten the whole week. Some of the kids did not have food at their house, clean clothes, and nobody cared. We would play games with them, read stories, all before church would start. I would share my story with them about how the hurricane hit New Orleans. When I would make it back home, I would just cry. I was complaining about not having a house or my friends back in New Orleans. And these kids did not have food, clean clothes, etc. My brother, youngest son, called to see if he can come to Arkansas. And my mom told him yes. We were not looking for his mom to put him on the bus to Arkansas by himself. Yes, she did, along with a food stamp car and food. She called us to tell us to be on the lookout for him. And I was like, girl... I know you fucking lying and was on the phone laughing. I stayed up all night waiting on my nephew to call because I was so afraid for him all by himself. The next morning, his mom called and said the bus will make it in around 10. So I got in a cab and went to the bus station to wait on him. Around 9.45, two buses pulled into the lot and everyone got off the bus. My nephew did not get off, neither one. Two more buses pulled in the lot and no new. So I called his mama. She answered the phone laughing. I said, girl, you sure you put new on the bus? She was like, yes, Erica.
The people in the bus station say two more buses should be coming in soon. But they had a fire on the bus ride. And I was like, what? I was pissed off at that point. I went back outside. One bus pulled in. No new. I started crying because I just knew something had happened to him. The last bus pulled in the line. And my baby got off the bus and ran to me all smiles. I just hugged him and would not let him go. He got his bags off the bus. So I called his mom back to let her know he made it in. He got into the cab and headed back to the house. He jumped out of the cab when he seen to his grandpa and ran into the house to Marie. It was so good to have Noah in Arkansas with us. We would go to the park right by the house, go eat ice cream, and go to a Walmart with his mama food stamp card. She told me to get groceries for the house. On Wednesday night, the girl from church and I would go to feed the neighborhood kids by the church. So I decided to take Lou with us that night. I explained to him about the kids and I wanted him to talk and get to know them. Lou started talking to one of the boys that was the same age as him. I wanted this to be an experience for him because all he did was complain about not having name brand clothes, tennis, etc. Whereas some of these kids did not have any clothes at all. We sat down to eat before church. After church, we went home. I asked him what he thought. He was like, Auntie Erica, some of those kids do not have nothing. The one boy he was talking to told knew he had not eaten in four days because his mama did not have any money. Like I told him, you're always mad because you do not have man brand clothes and tennis or the best things. And these kids do not have anything. Like I told him, you have to be grateful for the things you have because everyone's parents cannot buy name brand things. He was a little sad, but I think it opened his eyes to things. I was happy that I was able to share this with him and for him to see how other kids his age live. Nu went by the church girl house and played games with her boys. Nu was able to spend Thanksgiving with us. I was so happy too. My brother would call the house from jail. He was so excited to hear his son's voice on the phone. They talked on the phone and clowned and joked around. Oh, love. New stayed with us for about three months. Then he had to go back home to Atlanta. He did not want to leave, but he had to go back to school. I put him on a bus to go home, and I gave him a big hug. Once he made it back to Atlanta, he called to let us know he made it home safer. After New Year's, we were talking about going back to New Orleans because Hannah said it was okay for us to come back home. I was like, okay, ready, because I just wanted to come back to New Orleans. I love being in Arkansas because I had a friend and had a new family and all. I went to church that Sunday. During service, I let everyone know that we were moving back to New Orleans and everyone wanted us to stay. But Marie wanted to be close to my auntie who was blind because she was getting sick. My girl at the church, who I was friends with, was crying because we had a great friendship. Our birthdays was the same day, June 16th. 
We love the same ice cream. We both like the, the color purple. I thought of our friendship as a sister bond because I did not have a sister. My sister died when she was a baby. Every day before we left to go back home, my friend and I would go out to dinner, pottering, and ice cream. We had a garage sale to sell some of the things in our house, but we did not sell everything because our bedroom set was new and the TV was new too. It gave me and my friend some time to spend together. She was not happy that I was leaving, but I know things was going to be fine. The next day, the moving company come to get our things to head back to New Orleans. We took the bus back to New Orleans. We arrived in New Orleans like 10 a.m. Marie and I went to the office so that we could get the keys to the house. You know we had to do all of the paperwork shit before and to find out that it was changing things. We got the keys to the apartment and we found our apartment the same way we left it a year and a half early. They did not clean up anything like they see, but it was all good. I started cleaning up the apartment by myself because my dad was in California at the time taking care of his own shit like his money. And Marie did not do anything but give orders. I started at the top of the apartment and worked my way down. I had a girlfriend who stopped by the house to see if I needed some help with cleaning, washing clothes, food, etc. That was nice of her. We went to the laundromat to wash clothes. It was crazy because I had never been to a laundromat a day in my life. It wasn't that bad at all. We sat down and we talked about our experience and how our life changed. It was so good to be back home in New Orleans with people who could understand what we had to deal with. After we got done at the laundromat, we went to get something to eat like hot wings and french fries. We ordered Marie something to eat. She dropped me off at home and we hugged and cried in the car. I was bringing up all my clothes upstairs and who comes around the corner but my guy friend. He was like, what's up, Erica? When you got back in the city? I'm like, boy, it has been about two weeks now. What's good with you? He was like, things just chilling. We sat on the back porch and talked a little bit. He wanted to know if I found all my family and how my auntie, who was blind. He was trying to get all in my business, but it was cool. He asked me if I found boyfriend number two, and I told him no. I told him I had to go upstairs because it was getting dark outside, and I had to put these clothes up. He said, bye, Erica. Marie asked me who was that I was sitting on the porch with. And I told her, nobody, no worries. The next day, my dad made it home from California with his shit. We sat down and we talked for a few. And he was like, let's go get some breakfast from McDonald's. Okay, Maxi P. We left Marie inside watching TV and on the phone with my auntie. We sat in McDonald's and we ate our breakfast and talking. I told my dad I needed to get a job and get back in school. He was like, okay, you know what you need to do. So I put in an application at Walgreens first. And the next day, they called me in for an interview. A few days later, they called me to tell me I had the job. Things was going in the right direction being back in New Orleans. I enrolled in online school because it would be easy for me because I had a full-time job at all. 
that was a lie because online school was hard for me because it was a lot of work you had to do in a short period of time. As always, I had to work hard at what I do. Six months into my job, I moved up to a new position, but I had to move to a different location. It was okay. Same shit, different location. After the move to a different Walgreens, one day I got up and did not go back to work. I'm not sure what the fuck happened, but I know I needed something different that would be a career for me. I had my associate's degree in administrator assistant from Delgado. So that is what I wanted to do. I was looking on NOLA.com job site and I think the convention center had a job position available. I applied for it. They asked me to come in for the interview. I went into the interview and it was good. During the time I was waiting on the convention center to call me to see if I had a job, Marie was having problems with her legs and everything. One day Marie got out the bed and stopped walking just like that. Yes, we did not know what was going on with her at all. I had to take her to different doctors so they can figure out what was going on with her. Marie has rheumatoid arthritis and it can flare up at times. I received a call from the convention center about a job as a maintenance secretary, which was good, but I was still dealing with Marie's leg problem because she was still not walking at all. There were times when she would get out the bed and fall down. I had to take Marie back to her primary care doctor to find out what was going on with her. The doctor did a few tests on Marie, but still could not figure out what was going on. The doctor referred my mother to a specialist at Tulane Hospital who treat people with rheumatoid arthritis. We had to wait for a day and time to see him. I was still working and going to school at that time. After a week, we received a call from the doctor's office with an appointment date for my mama. I had to take off from work to make sure Marie get to the appointment. My dad would stay at home and make sure everything was good at the house, like cleaning and cooking. The specialist ran a lot of different tests on my mom, like blood work, x-ray on her legs, and an ultrasound on her legs, too. It was a long process to deal with just to see what was going on. My dad and I had to move Marie to the downstairs part of the house because it was hard for the EMS workers to get her down to go to her doctor's appointment. Having her in a downstairs part was easy for me because I could fix something to eat, give her a bed bath, and do my homework at the kitchen table. There was a lot going on, but I still had hope that everything would work out. In the midst of it all, I was still dating my friend. Yes, we started on a cool laugh out loud. He would stop by the house to see me and to see how things were going, what work and all. He was a very nice guy. We went out on dates when I had time. Between taking care of Marie and work, I would be so tired. One Saturday, we went out to dinner. We talked and things seemed good. I did not know he was eight years older than me, which was fine with me because I did not want to date someone younger than me at all. He had a son he was raising without his mom. He asked me what happened to boyfriend number two. I told him I hadn't heard from him, but I hope things was good. After dinner, he brought me back home. We sat in the car for a few minutes. 
before I got out of the car, he said, Erica, you're going to be my girlfriend. Watch and see. I said, okay, show me then. Marie asked about the new guy, and I said he was nice. I did not say much to my mom about him because I did not tell everybody my business, and that includes my mom. As time went by, everything between us was going well. He called me on the phone and told me to be ready for 7 p.m. because we was going out on a date. I was like, okay, cool. He picked me up around 6.45 that night, and he said we was going to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. I had never been there before, and he said today is a new day. He ordered a bottle of white champagne for us and some appetizers, too. He asked me if everything good for me, and I was like, yes, I like it. He wanted to talk about our relationship, which was a good thing. He said he wanted a full-time girlfriend, maybe a wife one day, to build an empire with. He wanted us to be happy with each other and have open communication between us. I told him, yes, all of that is cool with me, but I want someone who is going to be honest, respectful, communicate with me, not going to hide things from me, and treat me like a queen. He looked at me and said, I can't handle all of that and more. I told him, okay, show me. He said, so you are saying we are, we are a couple now. I looked at him and said, yes, we are. It was time for us to order dinner, and he asked me what I wanted to eat. I ordered an eight-ounce steak with sweet potatoes. He said, I see we eating healthy. And I was like, no, I just like sweet potatoes. He started laughing at me. We talked over then about everything, and he had me laughing about his son. He talked a lot about his son, which told me they had a good relationship as father and son. After dinner, we went by his house because he wanted me to meet his son. His son was laying on the sofa watching TV. He was like, this is Erica, and he got off the sofa, gave me a hug. That melted my heart so much. His son asked if I had kids. I told him no, but I do have a nephew his age. He asked if he would get to meet my nephew, meet him. And I said, yes, you will. We all played the video game, which I thought was fun. He brought me back home around 11. I had to go to work in the morning, but it was worth it. We got back to my house. He gave me a hug and a kiss. He was like, I will see you in the morning. I waved bye to him. My mom was in a bed. My dad was upstairs in the room. I talked with my dad for a few minutes. Then I went and got in the shower so that I can go to bed because I had to work in the morning. I just laid in the bed thinking about the whole day, and I felt like I met a nice guy. The next day, when I was walking to the bus stop on Canal Street, he was sitting by the corner store. He said, I told you I'll see you in the morning. I just looked at him and shook my head. He was like, get in the car. I'll bring you to work. I got in the car. He had breakfast for me and everything. I asked him how he knew I did not have breakfast. He was like, I got you home late last night. And I know you were late getting up this morning and did not have time for breakfast. 
once we made to the convention center, he told me to have a nice thing. My dad work was good, I must say. I made some new friends at the job, but I like to keep to myself at times. At the end of the day, he picked me up from work. I told him he did not have to pick me up. He said, I'm your man, and it's my job to make sure you get home safe. Now, do you have a problem with that? I'm like, shit, no boy, do your thing. He started laughing. I was on the phone reading an email from the school about the balance for my schooling. He asked me what was wrong, and I told him I still owe money for school. He said, let me see. So I gave him the phone. He said, I will take care of that for you. And I said, really? He said, yes, I got you. He looked at me and said, I did not know you was in college. And I said, yes, I'm close to finish up with my bachelor's in business administration. I made it home safely with him. I went inside to fix dinner for my family and do my homework. The roles in my house had to change because Marie was not able to do anything at all. I know it was hard on her, but she could not do nothing. It was hard for me because I was not used to cooking because my mama would have everything done before I get home from school or work. All I had to do was eat. I would help her wash clothes, which was nothing much at all. I really did not like having to take care of the family, but I had to suck it up and keep moving. One day after work, I asked my mom if she wanted to meet boyfriend number three, and she was like, it's up to you. I felt like it was time for my parents to meet him because he was so nice, and I was going to keep him. I called him over to the house. He asked what was going on. And I told him not to worry. It was all good. Everything went well with him meeting my parents. It was four months into our relationship. He introduced me to his best friends who he grew up with. They were very cool and fun to be around. We did a lot of things together as friends. Like go bowling, paintball fighting, go to the bar and grill, etc. It felt so good to have a boyfriend as a friend that I can have fun with. Our relationship was not stressful because we would take the time out of the day and talk about what's going on with each other. He would always ask me what's on my mind. And the biggest thing was he respected me as a person and a lady. He would run things by me before he did just to let me know what was going on. I would do the same too. We had one small misunderstanding. We went to this little bar and grill in Lakeview for lunch. They had this one waiter who was sitting down in the back. She ran to the front just to walk us to our table. I did not think anything of it because I trusted him as far as I can throw his ass. The waiter girl asked him first, what would he like to drink? And he ordered a drink for himself and me. I still never say anything, just wait to see how things was going to go. She brought the things back to the table and touched him on his shoulder. A few minutes later, he went to the men's restaurant. 
and I went with him to the restaurant. And yes, I did go. The waiter girl was by the door. I guess she or he was coming by himself. No, no, no. I was with him. I asked him what was going on here. He just looked at her. I said, I'm going to ask you again. What the fuck is going on here? He said, she's someone I know. And she was like, what's someone you know? I asked her where she met him at. She said, at the concert. What concert you met him at? She said, the concert him and his friends were at last month. Oh, the same concert you went to around the same time I was sick. He looked at me and said, yes. So he lied to me about not going to the concert that night. And I told him, cool. I walked out of the place and sat and called me a cab to go home. Not sure what he told her, but he come out of the place fussing about what happened. He called the cab company to cancel my cab because he was going to bring me home. We got in the car. I did not talk the whole way home. He stopped in a Winn-Dixie parking lot so that we can talk. I told him I had nothing to say to him. He's the type of person who likes to talk things out. And I just did not want to hear anything from him. I walked off from him. He was like, Erica, just let me explain. I told him, fuck him with his lying ass. I walked home. It was not that far from where we were. By the time I made it back home, my brother was there with his little family. They were there checking on my mom. After the situation, we did not talk for about five days or so. I will see him on my way to the bus stop on Canal Street, but I will not say shit to him. One day, I was sitting at my desk. And a lady at Public Safety Base Call Operations, which was the department I worked in. She said, Erica, we have a delivery at base for you. So I went down to see what it was and to find it was flowers from him. The car said how he missed me and wanted to take me out for lunch. But I did not call him. I went to lunch by myself. For the next two days, he do everything in his power to get me to talk with him. So the third day I answered his phone call and he wanted to go to lunch with me. I took him up on his offer to go to lunch. We sat down in a room to talk about what happened that week. He said he never wanted to hurt me, but he did. He apologized for having another woman in his face and disrespected me as his girlfriend. Yes, I accept his apology. The relationship was back on track, but things at my house was going bad because my mama's situation was not getting better at all. The doctor still could not find out what was going on with my mom and why she stopped walking. Boyfriend number three was still talking, but I had to make sure my house was good and he understand that a lot. One day I was getting ready for work and I started to smell something burning. I thought I left something on the stove, so I ran downstairs to see what was going on, and then I heard my daddy calling my name, Erica, come quick. Once I made it back upstairs, there was fire coming from the AC in my bedroom. 
I ran downstairs again to get the fire extinguisher out of the kitchen. I ran up the stairs to help my dad put the fire out in the room. I was so afraid because if my mom was still in her room that day, I'm not sure what has happened to her. I called 911 and an EMS come out in the fire department too. I tried calling my brother but could not reach him at all. Nobody knew where his ass was at the time. But it's funny how he called me maybe 30 minutes later. They were checking my mom and dad out to make sure everything was good with them. They put me on some oxygen because I have asthma. They called the American Red Cross to come out. They put us in a hotel until we can find some place to stay. All of my family was by the house, but not my crazy-ass brother. They had to carry my mama down the steps to my cousin's car so that she can drive us to the hotel the American Red Cross paid for. We stayed in the hotel for about a week or so, but I still had to take my mom back and forward to her doctor's appointment. I still had to work, go to school, and I was living in a hotel because my house caught a fire. It was very stressful for me on all levels. People never understand how I feel about everything because it was like my whole life changed within months. It was hard for me to understand why all of this was happening to me. Boyfriend number three come by the hotel to check on me to see how I was doing at times, but I really did not want him to worry too much. I was late for work sometimes because I had to bring my mom to her doctor's appointment and go right to work. I did not have any sick time because I had just started the job. I explained to my boss what was going on and he was very understanding of the situation. After a week in the hotel, we moved in with one of my cousins. It was very hard. My mom was not walking. So where you put her is where she had to stay until someone come in to move her around. My dad was helpful to me with the whole situation, but my brother, on the other hand, he did nothing at all. The orthopedist doctor found out why my mom stopped walking. It was a compressed nerve in her neck, which caused the problem. I was happy he found out what was going on, but she would need surgery to correct the problem. All I can do was cry because I knew things would change in life for both of us. Marie was ready for the surgery. The doctor said she would not be 100% back to normal, but he could get her to 80% to where she would need a wheelchair or walker to help her around the house. She would be able to do her day-to-day -day activities like bathing herself, feeding, etc. Marie was ready to get back on her feet, but the doctor told her after the surgery, she would need physical therapy for at least a year. This means she will have to stay in a facility to get this done. I told the doctor that our house caught a fire. He asked, he asked where we were living. I told him with family. He said, okay, I will keep her in the hospital until surgery time. 
This was around Christmas time, and the doctor left the room for a few minutes. When he returned, he said we could do the surgery in the next week or so. That way, I will have time to look for a new house to live in, and he could start preparing my mind for surgery. I told him I could live with that plan. He admitted her into the hospital because he had to run some tests on her to make sure her body was ready for the surgery.